Welcome to Faithful Doubt. My name's Jordan, and today we're going to talk about what it means to be a Christian. Our question for today's episode is, what is the Christian life? And it comes from an anonymous person, so thank you for submitting that to us today. Uh, what is a Christian? What does that mean? I just preached on this actually recently, uh, and if you'd like to check that out, you can go to Faithful Out YouTube and look at the uh, video called Prodigal Son, and I'll go a little more in depth in that video. But for today's episode, I want to talk about what it means to be a Christian, and I think the perfect explanation comes from the parable of the prodigal son. Now, for a lot of people, whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian, when you think of what a Christian is, you probably think of someone who obeys the Ten Commandments, uh, obeys God's law, and uh, God's law, and follows the teachings of Jesus. I think that's probably pretty universal. Um, and the problem with that, there's a lot of problems with that kind of understanding of Christianity. One, it's not what Jesus um, came to proclaim. It's not what Jesus was telling us uh, being his disciple meant. Uh, being a Christian is not about being a good person. And you may be looking kind of around like, what, what is he saying? It's not about being a good person. Uh, being a Christian isn't about being a good person. <clears throat> it's not just about following the teachings of Jesus. And it's not just about loving others. Now, before I go any further, let me just reassure you, I'm not saying that as Christians, we shouldn't follow the law, that we shouldn't love others, and that we shouldn't try to be a good person. What I'm saying is Christianity does not start with those things. And so what is, what is the Christian life? What does it mean? If it's not about being a good person, if it's not about following the teachings of Jesus necessarily, what is it about? In the parable of the prodigal son, which is in the book of Luke and chapter 15, I encourage you to read that on your own at some point. If you've heard of the parable of the prodigal son, you know all about the youngest son being um, very lavish in the way he lives. He, he squanders his wealth. And the parable of the prodigal son is about a father and two sons. And the youngest son asks his father if he can have his inheritance um, before his father dies. And his father grants the request. And so the youngest son takes his inheritance and he goes out and lives wildly. You know, he, it says he was a lover of prostitutes and he, and he ends up spending all of his money to the point where he is, he is starving. And so he, he begins to work uh, horrible, meaningless jobs, such as like feeding pigs um, to just be able to feed himself. But he gets to the point where he's actually, he's not able to feed himself still, and he's on the brink of death. And so he says, why am I, why am I starving? Why am I on the, on the verge of death when I could just go home and, and, and ser be a servant to my father, and at least I'll be fed? You know, he knows at this point, I can't return home and be his son. I have completely dishonored him. I have squandered his, my inheritance that he gave me. So I'll just ask him if I can be his servant. And so when the youngest son comes home and he, and, he, and he practices this line of repentance of, Father, please forgive me, I have sinned against you. Um, before he can say all these things, his father runs to him and greets him in the street and he wraps his arms around him and he kisses him and he says, bring out my robe of wealth, bring out my ring, bring out my sandals and put them on my son for he has returned home. He was lost and is found. And in the whole time this is happening, the oldest son 
the older brother, is in the fields working for his father, and he's angry that his brother is being welcomed back in such a way. There's actually a celebration and a feast for the youngest son. Um, and so the, the father then goes out to the oldest son and says, why are, why are you not celebrating with your younger brother? And he says, Father, I've never sinned against you. I've always obeyed. I've always been here. And you've never celebrated me staying home. And the father says, child, I, everything I have is yours, and I've always been with you. Please come in and, and celebrate with your son. And so in this parable, what we're seeing here is the younger brother represents those of us who have run away from God. Um, and we are living in what I call a self-discovery mode of life. You know, if I can just be me, if no one tells me what to do with my life, I'll be happy, the world will be a better place, and I'll love other people. The older brother represents those of us who are religious or moral conformist. And he's saying, those are the people that were, you know, will say, if I just go to church, if I read my Bible, if I love others, I'll be happy, and the world will be a better place, and God owes me something. You know, he'll bless me. I deserve God's blessing or favor because of what I've done. And so what we realize is both sons are different. One is bad, one is good. Uh, but both sons are equally lost and alienated from the father. And so you read that and you're like, wait, the oldest son is doing what he's supposed to do. The oldest son is, has never disobeyed his father. His father doesn't even disagree with him. He says, you, you've always been here. You, everything I have is yours. Um, but the other son has been very, very bad, but he's the one who is brought home and is saved. Why is that? And the reason and why Jesus is telling this parable in Luke chapter 15 is because he's trying to convey the idea that it's not about what you've done, what you are doing and what you will do. It'll never be about that. You cannot, uh, get into heaven. You cannot obtain God's favor or blessing you cannot forgive your own sins by anything that you do because whether you're a good person or a bad person, you're still sinful. And so what we see is the older brother is actually sinful because of his motivations for being a good person. Is he a good person because he loves his father or is he being a good person because he wants the father's wealth? And so you see both sons, they don't actually love the father. They love the father's things. And in life, this is exactly how humanity this is, this is an analogy for humanity and how we've turned out. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. We had paradise. We had everything we could ever want or need in the garden. And Adam and Eve decided to disobey, rebel against God, uh, because they would rather themselves be their own gods. And so in our own life, everyone wants to be their own God. Everyone wants to be the Lord of their life and their own Savior, and this is the problem. This is what Jesus is saying the problem is. You can't be your own Lord. We were created to have someone be the Lord of our life, and that was Jesus. That was God. But we have all kind of gone on our own ways to, to find a Lord of our life, whether it's through religion or irreligion, whether it's through moralism or relativism, whatever that, or, or moral conformity or self-discovery. We have all kind of gone our own ways to try and find a Lord of our life, and it's not God. And so you can never earn salvation by being a good person. You can never earn salvation by being a bad person. 
the only way we earn salvation, the only way that we can live as Christians is if we realize it's not about what I've done. It's about what was done for me on the cross. It's not about what I, I do or I'm going to do. It's about what Jesus is doing and what he will do in my life. And the, to be a Christian, when you realize the cost that was paid on the cross to save you from yourself, when that melts your heart and when you really understand and grasp the gospel, which is the good news of what Jesus did for us, when you really understand that, you will want to follow the law and love others and follow the teachings of Jesus because you realize how much you're loved and you want to love God back. You will want to love the Father to get God, to love God, not to get things, not to get his favor. And so Christianity isn't about being a good person because that's not what, that's not how, what Jesus that's not how Jesus defines Christianity for us. The way he defines it is you must accept me as the Lord and Savior of your life, submit to my authority and my teaching. And then when you understand that, you will want to follow the law. And so the Christian life is all about what's been done for me on the cross, making Jesus the Lord of my life and my heart melting and moving towards the heart of God. And when you understand your own brokenness and how lost you are and that you're in need of a Lord and Savior that isn't yourself, and you begin to desire the love of Jesus, you'll want to obey God and do good things. But not because that saves you or earns you something. You do those things because you have been saved and you've received something. This question is very important and it's much deeper than what I've gone into. So again, I encourage you to read the parable of the prodigal son and let me know what you think about it. But this question, as Christians, we should know the answer to this question. What does it mean to be a Christian? And it's not to love others. It doesn't mean to follow the teachings of Jesus. Those things are included. I want to be sure that everyone's understanding. I'm not saying being a good person, loving others, and following the law are bad. I'm saying that's not what it's about. Because you don't follow the law, then fall in love with God. You fall in, God, you fall in love with God, and then you follow the law. And so those, those things get reversed. And a lot of times in our culture, that's what people think being a Christian is all about. You know, you go to church, you, t you try not to sin, uh, you try to do good things, and you try to love other people. And, th and that has created so many issues within the church and outside the church. Um, all you have to do is look at the, the history of the church, the Crusades, um, all, all the persecution by the church throughout history, the horrible things the church has done, and it's always because they're more focused on following the law and trying to do good rather than focusing on loving Jesus. And that, a lot of times, is why Christians and Christianity get so misunderstood and so messed up, because at the heart of it is Jesus, not us. And Christianity is all about Jesus. It's not about anything else other than that. Thanks for watching this episode. Go ahead and leave your comments or questions below, and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to see more, you can go over to our Facebook page and request to join there, or you can watch any of our episodes on YouTube, or you can check us out on Instagram and TikTok now. Or if you just like the audio and you'd like to listen, 
You can find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. I'll see you guys next time.